Hi, everyone. Get ready for the How I Raised It podcast, the show where you get an inside, unfiltered look at how real entrepreneurs raise capital for their businesses. I'm your host, Nathan Beckard, and today's episode is with Garen Torin of Ping. Garen shares some very interesting and specific tactics for how to crack into multiple angel investor groups at once. He also gives us a clever hack for meeting investors on Lunch Club. If you are tuning into this podcast to learn how to raise capital for your business, I've created a super valuable welcome package for you. It includes a list of 2,500 investors who don't require a warm intro, plus 200 questions that investors are going to ask you. This will really help you get prepared to rock your own fundraise. To get access to this, please leave us a nice review and comment in the uh, iTunes store. Click all the stars and then email us at info at foundersuite.com and I'll send that to you instantly. Last but not least, if you enjoy this conversation and think someone else would too, please share it with them and hit the subscribe button to get all our latest episodes. Thank you. Now sit back and enjoy the chat with Garen. Welcome to How I Raised It, the podcast that goes behind the scenes with entrepreneurs who've raised capital. We uncover the tips, tricks, and techniques they use to get investors to write a check. Strap in and turn it up. Hi, welcome to another episode of How I Raised It, produced by Foundersuite.com. Today, I have Garen Torrent of Ping coming to us from Southampton, New York. How's it going there? Morning, morning. It's going good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Excellent. Now, Southampton, how far out is that kind of from Manhattan? Where Put that uh, geographically. Yeah, I'm on the west side of Southampton on the Shinnecock Bay. So that's about an hour 40 from Manhattan. Got it. So you take your helicopter out there when you need to get out Absolutely. there? Landed right there in the bay. Uh-huh. Perfect. Perfect. Excellent. And how long have you been there? Is that a... This is my second home. Uh, and so, of course, we, with COVID, it, it became my first home. So I guess we'll be heading back to the suburbs of New York probably towards the end of this year, early next year. That's the, the current plan. But right now we've been enjoying this extended vacation on the beach for the last 18 months. Great. Well, what is ping? The easiest way to, to, to answer ping is to give you what we call internally here the Chris Sack of five questions. Um, the first question is what problem or opportunity are you, are you solving for? And the answer is cost and death due to smartphone usage behind the wheel. Hmm. How, how are we solving that? We have a, a voice platform with software-based driver coaching and, and telematics uh, that lets the driver uh, hear all their messages, email, and other notifications read aloud so that they don't need to touch their, their device. What's our unfair advantage? We're the only cross-platform solution. We have iOS, Android, Alexa, and we're busy rolling out Google Home shortly. We're also the only technology of its type to be approved by by Apple. We have four patents uh, granted and another three pending. How do we make, we, we make money? We license our platform to enterprise drivers, right from the 18-wheeler the fle fleets down to the Instacart driver. Um, anybody that is driving all day uh, or, or driving as part of their job. Uh, so we make money from annual reoccurring enterprise licensing. And how big is the market? The market is a billion drivers globally. Got it. So 
Instacart or one of these, uh, it would typically be fleet owners. I mean, we're not talking Ubers and Lyfts because those are their own independent. So, so yeah, no, Uber, Lyft and would, would actually be perfect partners for us because we would put our technology inside their driver app. So right now, if you're at the airport, you have the ability to text your Uber driver. Well, that, that Uber driver, the only way he can get your text is to read it. So actually... Uh, these companies are actually causing texting and driving through the design of their uh, products. So if the Uber driver app, for example, had the, the ping platform in it, not only could the uh, driver hear the customer message read aloud, but he could also hear all messages from Uber them, themselves read aloud. For example, a change of location where they have to pick up a customer a new customer. Right now, all notifications, as far as we know of, between these driver organizations and their drivers are done through the app, which uh, the driver has to consume visually, which is very much what the distracted driving problem is, is all about. Yeah, very interesting. And there are thousands of, of examples like that. For example, um, a customer of ours um, has 320,000 gig gig economy drivers um and they are sending them custom notifications all day good uh how long have you guys been at this for um the concept came in in late 2015 2016 and really we got going um full steam in 2017 cool let's talk about raising money how much have you guys raised and over how many rounds yeah so we're in our our first round, our seed round, um, it's a pr pretty standard series seed convertible note. And uh, we've raised $1.9 million out of what is going to probably land up being a $2.5 million seed round. Interesting. We, so we, before we get into tactics, which I really want to get to, sure. um, you know, something you mentioned before the call is that you've sort of been raising this not as a discrete kind of three month, six month round, but sort of over uh, almost a rolling type of raise. Tell us about that. Yeah. You know, so, so my understanding of the typical founder is, is that they will decide to raise a particular amount of money in a three to six month period. And then they will stop fundraising and become totally operational until they need to raise their next round. Um, we decided that we would follow a slightly different approach Rather than fundraising and then not, we said, right, we'll take a certain amount of our time. In my case, it's probably three to four hours a week at most. Um, and we will just fundraise continuously until we're profitable, which should be middle of next year. So the, the 1.9 has been raised over a two-year period. And the business has gained tremendous traction over those two years. So the first money in was at a 6.5 6 mil convertible note cap. The last money in is at a $15 million con convertible note cap. So whilst it's all, all the same round, um, we've been raising anything from 50 to 150,000 a month for the last two years. And so, and also um, the convertible notes are two year periods. So the people that the first money in, well, their notes gonna convert at the end of, sorry, converted at the end of last year, right? The people that came in a year later only convert at the end of this year and so on. So by, by having a rolling round, 
um, we're able to maximize the value of the company when raising, which also then makes sure that myself and my co-founder are letting us the smallest amount of equity go as as possible. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, and then the other thing is because we didn't have two mil in the bank at one time, we've had to be very lean and very conservative. I would think, and I would probably be guilty of this that if i had a bank balance of a million or two i'd probably spend differently than if i had a bank balance of three hundred thousand. sure yeah for sure definitely um it's kind of amazing i mean i think many founders can relate to that like when we you know like every startup when we were pre-funded geez every nickel and penny counts and then you suddenly have a million bucks from investors and you're like all right time to spend it and investors want you to spend it in general you know that's part of the model of venture capitals right you you spend it and hopefully that gets you to a higher inflection point so um yeah. what so talk about this cap structure i think a little bit because i think that's interesting so how did you kind of decide when you can raise that cap in other words basically raising so we, your valuation yes yeah, so, so we did it on the back of success so, for, for example, the first cap raise was from 6.5 to, to 10. And that was because we were, we, during that time period, we were awarded another two uh, patents and we signed our first enterprise customers. And then um, the raise from 10 to 13 was on the back of signing a global, uh, a global customer. And that customer's putting our platform into... Kawasaki, Suzuki, Ducati, and BMW motorcycles. So that was the raise to 13. And then the raise to 15 was on, on the back of signing this 320,000 driver gig, gig economy fleet, mm. uh, which, which should be about a million to a million five ARR just based on, this, on that single customer. So these are big deals. That we're working on and when and when they close even though the revenue is not 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 flowing yet we've got the contracts and so it's just a case of when the revenue flows not if that makes sense and would you wait for the deal to close and then kind of announce to the investors you're talking to hey this deal just went from six to ten or whatever absolutely and in fact some of our investors which are all angels have come in three or four times so on the back of each success we have they'll invest m more money. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Now, one question I have about this continuous fundraising, which is really uh, something different we haven't really had on this show. How do you create the FOMO or even the sort of, investors are great at watching and waiting and dragging their feet. So how do you create that catalyst, that impetus to actually write a check if you're sort of doing- I mean, we, we simply show them that the history of, of the route you know i have one investor right now it's a micro vc okay who didn't invest at 6.5 didn't invest at 10 didn't invest at 13 and is now still speaking to us at, at 15 had they invested at 6.5 they would already almost have a two and a half times on their money you know but the good news is they've stayed in touch they they've watched our progress and our traction but we simply tell tell investors it's 15 now We've got a massive yeah. deal, which we're working on in Spain. It's like 85 million customers. Uh, and when that deal signs, the valuation is going to go up from 15 to 25. 
Sure, sure. Because that'll be a five million a year ARR uh, contract. So we simply tell investors what's coming. And so far, thank goodness, it's happened as we predicted it would. Mm-hmm. And therefore, every time it happens, we gain we gain credit credibility. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And of course, the more traction you have, the less risky your your business. I mean, two years ago, we had no no customers. The Apple technology wasn't approved yet. We had no no integration with Alexa, and we had no no pipeline because, of course, when you're building a B two B enterprise platform, you can't go and sell an MVP, right? You have to have a complete product. So we were not able to go to market till about a year year and a bit ago because we had Android, but we didn't have iPhone. Now we have Android, iPhone, and Alexa, and we're almost done with with with. The integration with Google Home as well. So, so yeah. So that's a little how the, how how the industries are. And, and and like I mean, especially with your business, since it is enterprise, it's very. You have these specific big deals that are kind of like milestones that you can kind of anchor valuation yeah. around. Um, that makes sense. Let's talk about tactics. I know you have you. you not only do you have an owner, owner unorthodox approach to fundraising, but you you did some interesting tactics that in over two hundred episodes of this show I haven't heard before. Um, uh, angel groups and lunch club. Pick which one you want to talk about first. Yeah, you know, um, I'll start with the angel groups. You know, we 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 decided that we wanted individual in, investors in this round um, simply because we didn't want a single check for the entire round. Um, and we didn't want to to give anybody a board seat. We didn't want to give anybody preferential rights to anything. And the only way to do that is to raise through angels. Um, so the, the, there's a there's a platform called Gust, which I think everybody is aware of, where there are tens of thousands of angel groups that you can go and apply. We realized very quickly that there was a ton of noise in that platform, uh, and you can apply thousands of times and not even receive a reply to to a screening call. Um, so what I did is I went into I, I picked ten or fifteen angel groups in my in my northeast geography, um, and I then went on LinkedIn and just searched for members of of those those angel groups, and then I would reach out to them through through LinkedIn messaging and say, hey. We're raising this round, interested in your angel group. How do we apply? Of course, I already knew how to, how to apply, but I would ask them, them anyway. And the guy, a number of them, interestingly enough, would reply and say, hey, it's great. Thank you so much. Please go to gus.com forward slash XYZ angel group. And then when we're completing the application on Gust, the last question it asks you is who referred you? And I would put that person's name in the who referred you box. And in some cases, multiple people from that group replied. And then I would go back to those people on LinkedIn and say, hey, thank you so much. I applied. By the way, I used your name. And then the guy was like, thank you. Yes, we'll we'll keep an eye out for it. And so that dramatically, by a factor of maybe 10, increased the number of screening calls that we had by the the, the angel groups. Um, so we have two not two northeast angel groups which came in up front. Uh, they they were first money in. Which and ones? If, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't mind course, so, um, it's the Ash Creek Angel Group out of Connecticut, and mm-hmm. then the 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 Jumpstart Angel Group out of New Jersey. Okay. 
And then the rest of our angels have all been either friends of theirs or friends of theirs of theirs, and then all have come in through Lunch Club. Lunch Club, you say? How is it that, that possible? Wait, wait, hang on. Before we get to Lunch Club, I want to pick on the, the angel group a little bit more because uh, okay. I think it's really fascinating. Did these, so that's a fascinating process. Did anyone ever respond back like, hey, I didn't specifically refer oh, you? Yeah. You know, did anyone sort of like call the angels, bluff? There's a little bit of a bluff in there. <laughs> angels, by definition, are just nice people. Yeah. You know, they're typically over the age of 50s, some of them as much as in their 70s. You know, they've hustled their whole lives. They they know what hustling is. Yeah, I'm hustling. And they appreciate the fact that you're hustling. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, everyone's been super. In fact, some of them actually said, great, I'm going to contact the angel group administrator myself and make sure that, that he's seen it. You know, yeah, yeah. some of them even went that far. That's great. And we, that's great. we have an amazing group of, of, of angels. I love my investors. Um, the relationship's been great. Can continue with that process just a little bit more. So you you apply, you name drop, who referred you, and then do you go and pitch in front of a group typically? Yeah. So what, so what what happens uh, typically is you'll you'll be invited to a screening call. They'll yes. obviously ask. They'll obviously view your deck and your financial information and all and all of those kind of things on Gust. And then they will invite you to a screening call, which is typically done by one or two people in the angel group. And then out of everybody that they screen, they will invite no more than three to four to a pitch night, which, which obviously became a Zoom thing 18 months ago. So most yeah. of my fundraising has been in, in, in COVID. But, but, but pre-COVID, you would actually go to an angel meeting and you would stand up and you'd have eight minutes to pitch your, your business. Um, and probably one out of eight, one out of 10 angel groups that we got to pitch to landed up investing. But what happened, interestingly enough, is we, de- we, de- we did get a number of angels that, that invested outside of the group. So the group as a whole decided not to 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 invest but one or two in individuals circled around on their own and said hey the group's not investing but but i would like to yeah that's interesting and, and is that with the ones that did come in ash you say ash creek and jumpstart yeah did they so that came in as a group and is it kind of one entity on the cap table no no so they but, both of those, they came in. They decided as a group to come yeah. in, but then, but then that just because it's it's much easier than standing up an SPV and and so on for them just to sign individual notes. Got it. Got it. Cool. Interesting. And then we're we're using the Carter platform to manage that. Yeah. Got it. Which is useful. The let's talk about that a little bit more just, and then we'll move on to lunch club, but on the dynamics of that, cause I've, I remember it's been years, but I've been to a couple angel group pitch meetings and you often get like one or two guys, always guys <laughs> in the room who think they're smarter than everyone else. And who, you know, stand up and say why this is a dumb idea or it's a bad investment. Like, you know, and then it taints the whole group mind think, right. You have, the, I don't know, any, any like ways to deal with that or maybe you didn't even get that. I don't know. Yeah. You know- so, I mean, we, we definitely had a little bit of that in the, in the beginning, because when you're pitching, uh, you've, you know, you learn the, the objections. And what we did do, which, which was very helpful, is we realized that there were three or four objections. 
right? So what we did is we actually baked those into the pitch. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we actually said, you know, the big one for, for us was aren't Google and Apple your competitors? And, yeah. we, and, and, and we had to explain to them that Apple and Google are for the consumer. Okay, we are for the enterprise. It's a completely mm, sure. different user group. Um, and, and so I think the fourth or fifth slide was aren't Apple or Google competitors? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and we would literally just answer the objections in the deck. And, and, and we also didn't have, the, the, the deck was a live animal. We adjusted it after every single pitch based on, on, on the results of that pitch. Eventually we got it to a point, it's never perfect. But we haven't adjusted it much outside of the the numbers for the past year or so. Got it. Okay. Excellent. Cool. This is super useful. I think that's real tactical. Talk about Lunch Club. And first, maybe preface it with what is Lunch Club for anyone who doesn't know what it is? Yeah. Lunch Club started before COVID as a way for people to network one-on-one. And you literally met people for lunch. And they had both humans and an and, and algorithm which, which matched you. What happened in, in COVID, which exploded Lunch Club, is that the meetings became all virtual and p- people are prepared to and can do a lot more virtual meetings than actually taking two hours out of your day to, to travel to a lunch, have a lunch, yeah. um, and so on and so on. So, so I got into Lunch Club very early. I was invited by a fellow uh, friend of mine, Este, who's also in tech, um, and I realized that understanding how Lunch Club works, they have this thing called, called, called club points. And the more you do on Lunch Club, the more club points you earn. So, for, for example, I invited maybe five or 600 people in my LinkedIn network to Lunch Club, and I think 90 of them actually joined. Um, and so I got a lot of club points by being active on the platform. And then what the platform allows you to do is actually choose what type of lunch club meeting you want to have. So of course I chose anybody with the title investor. And then the majority of them were not applicable themselves because they were parts of funds and we were not op- opening this round to funds. Um, this is for a private. Yeah. Event. But uh, a couple of them invested in their personal, c- 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 you know, themselves as some of them invested with their, with friends and family and so I've raised about 500K so far on, on Lunch Club. And I'm just doing two 45-minute meetings a week. So it's super low-key as well because you're not pitching. You kind yeah. of have a conversation. And what I typically do is we'll just shoot the breeze until the investor says, so tell me about ping. And then I'll say, great, you asked. Let me give you the Chris Sack of five questions. Mm. Okay, and, and, th- and then the conversation starts like that but I, but i always wait for the investor to ask the question yeah interesting yeah and, and then lunch club's been great because you know when you go and meet with an investor or it's set up by somebody it's by definition a pitch okay whereas lunch club's not it's just a get to know meeting kind of thing it can turn into a pitch maybe but even the pitches tend to be really low-key conversational type meetings rather than um you know so and so introduce me to you come to my office and pitch your startup yeah just a different vibe i was going to ask on that a little bit so at the end you're you're keeping a conversational at the end do you go for the sort of 
you know, the clothes, the yellow. Most <laughs> investors, most investors, if they're interested, will, will, will say, this has been awesome. Please send me your material. And so uh, we use the platform called DocSend. And uh, we have four links to the introductory document, the pitch deck, the patent information, and the team. And I'll just send those four links. Um, and then and then if they're interested further, then we have a very big data room in Dropbox, which has all the uh, diligence. Every time an investor asks us for a document, we place it in the folder in, in, in Dropbox. 18 months to two years later, everything an investor could possibly want is in there. And that also cuts down the time from meeting to funding because the, the, I give them the, the diligence data room link yeah. and they go through it and then we will possibly have a call with questions. Everything's there, all the patent information, the technology stack, the finances, the reseller agreements, the customer contracts, the team work for hire agreements, the NDAs, everything's there. Yeah. And that, that also makes an investor very, very comfortable because, you know, we're, we're obviously organized and prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And you mentioned 500K from, from Lunch Club. How many meetings in total do you think that took to get? And what's the sort of funnel shape on that, right? How many meetings? How many That's ended up? Because not all of them were, were with, with, with investors. I would say I've had 30 investor meetings, maybe 35. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So sure. I would say that, you know, for me as a founder, it, it, that's what's kept the, I mean, I'm pretty much only using Lunch Club now because it's sufficient momentum to bring in 100 to 250K a month. Yeah, interesting. Good stuff. All right. I won't keep you much longer. Any other interesting tactics you're doing? You mentioned you're working kind of three or four hours a week on fundraising. What else is involved in that? Or is it just Lunch Club right now? No, and I think I, an important part of fundraising uh, for me, and in fact, my, my, my investors, multiple of them have said, Garen, your investor updates are the best we've ever got. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what we, I spend myself and my, my co-founder, we spend a lot of time crafting these investor updates. We send them every five to six weeks, unless we have an announcement. Um, and then, and then we, we tend to, the subject lines tend to be, well, I, I have to open this email. Mm -hmm. uh, like um, what? Like we just closed the deal or something or, you know, it'll be more than that. So I'll say something like two customers names, some amount of money we've raised and a ton more. Mm -hmm. So quite a long subject line. And then, and I, I've actually had, Many investors say, Garen, the reason why we never call you is because everything we could possibly want to know is in the investor update. And, and I, I do front load. So the first part of the email is probably five lines and it says summary. Mm -hmm. And then there's mm -hmm. another heading which says detail. Because I know that a lot of investors are very busy, short, uh, short attention spans. They can read five lines and know what's going on. If they want to troll through the next page of detail, they yeah. can. And also that the other thing I do is anytime there's something important that I want to highlight, I'll put some type of a chart or graphic or image alongside because it, investors scanning an email, they're going to go straight to that image or chart or pie graph or uh, whatever it, in a, it might be. And then lastly, I would just say we've been vulnerable in our investor 
updates. You know, if something's going wrong, we'll talk about the challenge. Yeah. You know, and, and, and lastly, we'll ask for help. You know, yeah. we'll say, you know, if, if, if you don't have anybody that can help us with this particular, and investors really want to help, you know, they'll go out of their way to, to try and find a person, open the door, look at their, their LinkedIn network. So I, I really, you know, I know that there's uh, the good, the bad, and, and, and the ugly. Our investor experience has been really, really positive so far. We're going into a Series A towards the middle to fourth quarter of next year. Um, and um, we're going to be using Founder Suite to do that. So thank you to <laughs> you. Uh, and 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 I'm, I, it's going to be very I- interesting to contrast the experience with angel investors versus funds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm excited about it, but it's going to be different. Um, and also, we're very experienced entrepreneurs as well. We've had exits, you know. So it's it's. I think it's going to be more of a peer to peer conversation than a junior founder, you know, pitching yeah. his startup to a VC. We'll definitely have to get you uh, back on the show and contrast and hear about the contrast, what you did differently, yeah, how it was yeah, different. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious too, because, you know, I have almost no experience speaking with the funds. So it'll be interesting. Maybe Very I can, cool. some, maybe I can find some hacks there as well. Well, go through the uh, previous episodes of this, this show. There's, there's hundreds of them, but yeah. <laughs> okay. That's um, a good advice, actually. I, you know, weirdly weird, weird enough, I didn't think of that. I'll do that. <laughs> do, quick question, then I'll let you go. Do you send the investor updates to prospective investors or just people have written your check? So it, it, it goes out to the existing investors, but... I do forward it to the three or four that I'm actively engaged with. Got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not somebody from the past who's who's turned us down because that's you know that's past and I hate them. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> but you know the current three or four that that that, that are currently in, in, interested or doing diligence and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Excellent. All right. If people want to learn more about Ping, what's the best ad- address to send them to? Yeah. So they go to pingloud.com, P-I-N-G-L-O-U-D, pingloud.com. I do always love getting LinkedIn connections. So hit me up on LinkedIn, uh, linkedin.com forward slash Garen Torrin. Um, yeah. Love meeting new people. And if, if there are any investors listening to the the show it's garen at pingloud.com we would welcome your angel investment there we go there we go good call to action there to close it out so excellent all right garen thank you so much this is good this is really interesting stuff these are some new tactics which i love to discover fresh fresh tactics fresh hacks so this is great appreciate it um enjoy the weekend there in southampton and um we'll catch you later yeah speak soon thanks nathan